and minister uh, to about 300 pastors with Mohan Babu, who's here this morning. Everybody. And part of that uh, desire was for us to come and do training on discipleship. I find it interesting that because of COVID and some of the health issues that I had during that time, we had to postpone it. Well, we have rescheduled that now, and he's asked if we could come and train 300 of their pastors on discipleship using some of the tools and resources. So the timing of this is so wonderful. You gave, you supported, we've got this thing done, and now in January, we're flying. Emily and her husband Jesse are going with me, and we're gonna go train pastors there in Hyderabad that they would move from thinking that this church, these churches are preaching centers, in, in, and we would train them and equip them to really be disciple-making centers all throughout Hyderabad. And so I just wanted to encourage you in that. You know, when you give uh, to church, sometimes you wonder, well, where's our money going and all, all of that kind of stuff? Well, here, here's one thing it's going to. We just sent a check for Israel where they're working with some of the kibbutz that were really uh, suffering, $4,000. We sent the check off just this last week. And Dove Zion, when he opened it up, the check, his post office box, he looked at the check and he told me, Pastor Ron, I just began to weep because that money is going right into helping children that have been suffering so terribly. So if you continue, if you want to invest money there, we have money, we have an outlet for that, everybody. But also your finances this year are gonna be going into India. This is really good ground in India. And uh, can I just... Uh, give you a little bit of information because, um, you know, the Lord has put on my heart from the early years that God called me into ministry to think not just local, not just national, but international, that God's called us to the world. And last year, you know, we went to Western, West Africa, to Senegal, where we're working with unreached people groups that are there. And I think, you know, it's a world of difference between Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Senegal, and Hyderabad, India. But the Lord has called us to partner with people all around the world that are advancing the kingdom. This relationship with Mohan and Rani Babu, they are very important to me. It goes all the way back to us sharing um, ministry with the same spiritual father, an apostolic man who's gone to be with the Lord. Many of you know who Alan Vincent is. Well, Alan Vincent was a great, he's gone to be with the Lord, but a great uh, apostolic father in ministry. In fact, he was one of the founding, he was the founding father of the ministry called Zion Fellowship that Mohan now is, lead, is the lead pastor. He led Mohan's father to the Lord, discipled him in ministry. We're talking about thousands and thousands of people in India that came to the Lord. And Mohan is serving Zion Fellowship, which is a large, very large ministry in Hyderabad, India. I have a map. Let me show you, everybody, because uh, we're going to be going as representatives of Christian life just in January. So here's where Hyderabad is. And it's like the techno capital of India. Really, it's pretty fascinating. But all around Hyderabad are all kinds of villages of unreached people groups. 
And there are thousands of believers that gather here. So this is the state, Telangana. Did I do that all right? And Andhra Pradesh, which is also, this used to be one big state. They've divided in two. Because, listen, there are more people standing out on a corner in India than there are in all of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Trust me. You've never seen the massive numbers of people. And those people need the Lord. And we are partnering together um, on this trip to go and help them uh, get a good understanding about how the local churches, some small, some medium-sized, some very large, on how to disciple their people. And uh, we will be telling you more about this trip. But today, I would just love for Mohan and Ronnie Babu, if you would just stand to your feet. Everybody, can we give them a really warm... Christian Life, welcome here today. Yes. Come on, come on, Mohan. So I'm just so delighted to have uh, this couple with us. Uh, we'll be uh, reconnecting. Um, at our house this afternoon, and they will be here at, uh, for the next few days here at Christian Life. Mohan is going to preach the word. I'm sorry, he has a little bit of an accent, but we installed a new sound system, so you should be able to hear him clearly. And so if, if, uh, if you're not picking up what he's saying with your ears, you pick it up with your spirit and just give him an amen from the inside, yes, everybody. Right. Amen. Ronnie, you want to greet the congregation? Would you like to just say hi to everyone? Hi, everybody. Beautiful church. And uh, we love to come to Murfreesboro all the time. It's, a, it's a, our brother, just brother, and Sister Kay. We enjoy their presence, and we enjoy their fellowship even in India. So we are going to miss her in the next trip, maybe another trip. So we love you all. You are our family. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. And the, yeah, and the first thing they ask is, Grant, married yet? And I'm like, we're praying about that still. But Mohan has really been a blessing to our family. Carrie and I have been in their house. And we have uh, preached in their ministry there. He's been here before. Everybody... Mohan Babu is going to preach the word this morning. Thank you, thank you, my thank brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, praise the Lord. You understand? Give a big round of applause to the Lord. I really thank God for this wonderful opportunity the Lord has given to us to share the word with you this morning. Uh, for us, this is a family. Some of you know us uh, from the very beginning, some of the brothers' old faces. Whenever you see old faces, you feel, you know, uh, the, see the faithfulness of God in this house. When you see the new faces, you see the excitement of new people are being added in this church. So two things, old people, when I see them, oh, God, you are faithful. And new faces, which I do not know, God, you are doing something great. Because the new people are joining the church, so that's good. 
and also Ron and Kerry, they are very dear to us as uh, we have uh, uh, Reverend Alan Vincent, your father. So we had a great times together, fun times and wonderful times as a family together. And they came to India and uh, they were ministered to our pastor, such a blessing to us. You all know that Pastor Ron is a man of God and he speaks the truth in love. That's always his strength. Like, you know, he will never go back when he has to say something, but he speaks in love that blesses the hearts of the people. And a very uh, man with vision, and uh, I have seen him as a crew of the nations. And uh, the discipling thing is so wonderful. And uh, we're just looking forward to January. And uh, when he comes there, he's going to be a great blessing to us. And uh, even I was asking Kerry, but uh, maybe sometime, I'm praying that God should speak to her directly <laughs> that, you know, get back and go to India. <laughs> so take a flight and then come to India all of a sudden, like. <laughs> yeah, anyway, and uh, yeah, when I was preaching here in the past, like, you know, way back, I mean, years, and Grant was there, young man. And I have seen him as a young man, so God touched him on that particular day, if I am right, remembering. And uh, I was always have a great heart for Grant, that you know, Grant should be a man of God to serve the Lord, whatever capacity. So normally people say, if you want to serve God, you have to become a pastor. You can serve God in any possible way, because God has called all of us to serve him. So first question I asked uh, Ron, that is Grant married. <laughs> See, because in India, Grant is the most eligible bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I can find a wife for him. <laughs> because God is a matchmaker. It doesn't matter where your bride is coming from. He's a matchmaker. So I hope you are understanding my accent. It is strong. It is strong, but Indian accent, you know. When I came here first in the, my first visits, we were going to San Antonio, and a few of the young people, I interacted with them. They said, uh, hey, Pastor Mohan, if you want to live in states and come regularly, talk to people. You need to learn some English and American slang. I said, what is a slang? I said, some words. Like, you know, if something is good, you should say it's over the top. Oh, I said, okay, I can say that. And uh, if you want to, uh, somebody asks you, what's up? Then you can say, I'm chilling. I don't know the word, but uh, they taught me all these things, and then I went to see Natalie, Natalie Hardy, and she just uh, was sitting in her office and said, hey, Mohan, what's up? I said, I'm chilling. <laughs> then she was just laughing, almost fallen from her chair. And I said, what is the word, what is this word like? I, I didn't get that word, because they told me, I was telling. Then I realized one thing. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can chill in 
in Christ for this lifetime and for eternity. <laughs> That's the message. <laughs> <laughs> so then they said another word they said you know if you want to start something you should say let's roll <laughs> now let's roll now <laughs> let's roll yeah so when I go to Texas I always tell them the whole nation is one but Texas is another one <laughs> their accent is little different than us so anyway uh, this morning, uh, I was talking to Pastor Ron about what's happening in India. He asked me, these are the days where the Lord is really, you know, making his, the paradigm shift in the nation's beloved. My state of An Telangana is, uh, uh, 40, we have 40,000 pastors. And we just uh, gathering all of them together in one accord. You know, for what? for end time harvest. And uh, we were just telling them, each month, each church, minimum one soul. So when I, when I shared the vision to some of our pastors, they were so excited. They are big time pastors. It's not they are small. Having a big ministries, they said, Pastor Mohan, since you have shared this vision, why don't you lead us into this uh, 10 years of time? So we are going to the places and motivating the pastors. It's a very cost-effective thing. We need not to invest money on these things, just to go to the pastors and motivate them. Each month, you see 40,000 people coming into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. And each year, each year, 480,000. And then 10 years, it's going to be 5 million, beloved. Glory to our Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big round of applause. The Lord is on the move. I was telling Lord before, I am 66 now. So you must be thinking, this guy is young to say all these things, but I'm not that young. I'm old enough to say these words, you know. I look young because for one good reason, I die for Jesus Christ. <laughs> I die for Jesus. And my, my wife helps me to die. So that's why always I say that here is my beloved wife in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> so it's going to be, it was a big long journey for us. Just now, we, last month, we have completed our 40 years of our wedding anniversary. Oh, it's, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It speaks about God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness upon our lives. When I got married to her uh, as an Indian husband, not as a U.S. husband, as an Indian husband, I thought my wife doesn't know anything. I know everything. Ten years later, I could able to understand she knows something out of my experience. Then 20 years, I thought she knows more, more than that. Now 40 years, I got to understand one thing, she knows everything. <laughs> I know nothing, she knows everything, you know. 
How could she be so patient for 40 years? Let me to understand that I don't know anything. She knows everything. <laughs> so that's what uh, happened. But anyway, I, I thank God for that. Having a wonderful wife, you know, staying with you for 40 years, uh, tolerating you. Uh, that's always a great uh, thanks to her. We have three children. All of them got married. And Pastor Ron and Pastor Kerry, they know them very well. They know by their names. Uh, they were there with them, prayed for them. They all got married. I have six grandchildren. So I'm a proud grandfather. I know how it looks like being a grandfather. I call my daughter and say, can I speak to those guys? I said, Dad, I know. You just called me to speak to them, not to me. <laughs> I said, that's true. I must confess. <laughs> I must confess that. You know? Yeah. This morning, I just uh, feel like talking to you about few things, what God has put on my heart. Like, you know, if you look at, uh, uh, as Pastor Ron was sharing about discipling, it's the most important factor in the body of Christ nowadays, you know. Because we are ending up as believers, uh, not making them disciples. Because it's good to uh, get to the Lord and accept uh, the Lord and as a Savior and your Lord and coming into the church. But if you don't disciple them, they will end up as a consumer church, not consuming church. You know, you, you, the zeal for your house consumes me. When you come inside, you should say that, Lord, what is the best possible way I can serve you? In order to serve you, you need to be trained in the ways of the Lord. <clears throat> it's not to know just what is good, apply the good in your lives, through your lives. So that's what I always look to Pastor Ron because he's so consistent uh, being to disciple the body of Christ. Uh, no, because if that is not there, we end up as a, a preachers, entertainers, and that's it but not more than that. We want to, not only, we are not only just to be entertained, we want to impart the life of Jesus into you. That's what I could see in Pastor Ron, and January is going to be very exciting. And let me tell you, Emily and Jesse both are coming. Emily and Jesse, they are coming. And let me tell you, when they come back, they will never be the same again. Now. Their faith levels will go top and top. You know why? Because they will be traveling on the streets of Hyderabad. <laughs> Once they travel on the streets of Hyderabad in the car, they will be more closer to God than ever. <laughs> <laughs> they, will, they will say that, Lord, you only can save me from this traffic. <laughs> from the cars which are coming on us, <laughs> just like that. Let me tell you one story before I start. It's, God is reminding me that, you know, there was one pastor and one cab driver, both are the neighbors. Ultimately, they went to heaven, and God gave some good gifts to the pastor, but more bigger gifts to the cab driver. And then pastor was a little upset. Lord, I am your servant. I have been serving you all through my life so faithfully. How could this cab driver is getting so much of rewards? Then he said, when people are getting into his cab, because of his driving, they started praying to me. 
So their prayer, li- their prayer life is increased because of his driving. They are getting closer to me because of his driving. But you guys, when you are preaching, people who are sleeping in the hall. <laughs> they were awake and praying to me. So definitely this guy needs more air. More uh, rewards. Anyway, that's okay. So God gives a dream to us, beloved. A vision, a dream. God speaks to us. Everyone, those who are in this hall, let me make it clear to you that God has a, a destiny for all of you. That's the first one I want to share. And God has a destiny for this church. God called Pastor Ron and Uh, Sister Kerry, with a dream, with a vision. And God wants that they should fulfill that dream before they go to heaven. That's it, you know. That's why God not only just gave them a dream, God processed them. When God gives you a dream that is bigger than what you think. God gave a dream to Joseph when he was young. Genesis chapter 37 verse 5. He dreamed a dream and once he received from the Lord, he just received it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. God has a plan and a purpose upon our lives. We are not an accident. We just come to serve his purposes on this earth. Each one of us. That's my, not my word, that is God's word for us. And when Joseph received that word, you know what happened? He received it by faith. That means he has seen it. He has touched it. What is faith? Faith is a substance which you hoped for and an evidence which you have not seen. So immediately, Joseph has touched it. When God spoke to him by faith, it's happening. It's only a matter of time for him. That's why he confessed it. One day, I'm going to be the prime minister of Egypt. One day, you are going to bow down before me. Brothers were not happy. You know the story. I don't want to get into the details. Just what God gave me the insights, I want to release that into your lives. They were hating him, but he received it, he confessed it, and what people say, when you confess, you possess. That's the right word. Nothing wrong in that. But before possessing that, (coughs) possessing that, you need to go through the process. That is discipling, beloved. God discipled him through a process. Confess, possess, in between the process. He confessed it. Not only he confessed it to himself, he proclaimed it. When what God gives you the dream or the vision, you need to proclaim it. Once you start proclaiming in the supernatural spirit realm, you know what happens? That start manifesting in your life's beloved. When you proclaim it, there will be a paradigm shift in the heaven. And it starts manifesting. 
God has his own ways to take you to the place where he has designated and destined. Now you know the story of Joseph. Now let me give some points on that. Brothers want to kill him first. And then they put him in the pit. Now Joseph was in the pit. He was alone. He, he doesn't have anybody around. What does pit speaks about? It speaks about the loneliness. It speaks about the rejection. It is a result of hatredness. Somebody wants to take you out of. But let me tell you, beloved. Brothers left him, but God was with him. God was with him. For them, they thought pit is the end of Joseph. But God told Joseph, that is the beginning of the manifestation of your vision. Today, some of you might be thinking it could be end. But God says, that is the beginning of the manifestation of the vision what God has given to you. And then, first of all, they want to kill him. But uh, you know what? Then they thought, let us sell him. They sold him as a slave. So now they want to kill him physically, but they want to kill him mentally. Because if you are a slave, you are a done deal for a lifetime. You have to, you, they want to kill his dream. People always speak, uh, they mock at you <coughs> when you say something. They say that you can't make it. You can't do that. You are not for it. But once God speaks to you, you hold it, beloved. Joseph held it. God trained him to look to him in that pit. There is no other choice for Joseph except looking above. When every door is closed, the heavenly door is opened. Heavenly door is opened. When we were going through a tremendous, uh, you know, uh, process of uh, lackness, when my dad got saved in a temp in a worship place where uh, it was very tough uh, place, but Jesus spoke to him in audible voice, got him saved, and he was into ministry for six long years. We were being trained in the Lord. We don't know when our next meal comes from. That was the situation. One such evening, you know, we don't have food. The next morning, my sisters, they were going to school. And then what happened? They came and asked my mom, Mom, can we have breakfast? She said, no. Then uh, they, they asked her, can we have lunch at least? Pray to Jesus. They went to school. My mom went into her room and started praying and asking the Lord, Lord, we can handle it but not the children. If they get fainted in the school, it won't bring good name to you. A pastor's children, they were fainted because they have no food. So we were in the courtyard, me, my dad, and my younger brother, and we saw, my brother saw a raven sitting on the top of the tree. And then you know what happened? My, because my brother was a foodie, he said, Dad, if I, I could see something that the raven is holding, a five rupee note, like a five dollar bill on the top of the tree. So we are down, our food is on the top. 
Now what do we do now? So he said, let me eat with a stone. But my dad said, no. No, son. If it is from the Lord, that will come down. So we are waiting like a statue, like statue, like, you know, we don't want to mess around because if we do something, we miss our meal. Quietly, after a few minutes, the raven came down and they dropped the five rupee note and went off. That was our food, beloved. And my dad said, who says the days of Elijah are over? God who could, who could feed Elijah in those days, he's still alive. And my dad said, Let, if, if every door is closed, praise God for that. Because the heavenly door will always be open for you. Because he is your Jehovah Jireh. He will provide you with every good thing what is needed in your life, beloved. Joseph was being taught in the pit that look to God for everything what you need, what you require. Then when he was sold, in, uh, to the, you know the story. He was standing at the streets of Egypt. You know what? In the streets of Egypt, when a slave is supposed to be sold, he has to be naked. You would not have any dress. Now you have a dream here. You have a royal tunic. They are taken out, standing <coughs> just on the streets of Egypt, just naked. The fact is different, but the vision is another thing, beloved. Now Joseph has to make up his mind. What is this happening to me, Lord? You give me a great dream that I'm going to be the prime minister. But look at the fact where I am standing right now. The, on the streets of Egypt, without even having my clothes. Because the slaves are supposed to be sold naked. This morning, beloved, I want to encourage you. Don't look at the fact. Look at the truth which comes from God. That overpowers the fact. When Jesus was, you know, hungry, 40 days of fasting, came out of the, of the wilderness, the first question the devil was talking to Jesus was, if you are a son of God. Whatever God speaks to us, the devil always tries to create a doubt. Are you loved by God? Yes, I am loved by God. The beloved Disciple of Jesus Christ. What Jesus was talking to the devil. If you, the devil was talking to him first. He said, if you are a son of God, turn these stones into bread. What Jesus' answer was, he said, you know, a man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. What was the word? 40 days back, when Jesus was <coughs> has taken baptism, standing on the banks of River Jordan, what was the voice? Here is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. What was the question of the devil? If you are a son of God. These are the settled issues in the spirit realm. So what is settled, don't discuss on that. You are a child of God. You are loved by Jesus. 
you have a destiny. This church has a destiny to reach out the nations and to disciples the, disciple the nations for the glory of God. That is the call of God. When Ron, Pastor Ron was sharing about his health situation, I told him one, one thing. Pastor Ron, as God has protected Caleb for a purpose, for a purpose, God has protected for you for a greater purpose. Because God protected him, beloved. One of my brothers is there. God protected you, my brother, for a purpose. Not just to live. We are not here to survive. We are here to re bring revival to the nations, beloved. So never ever allow the doubt of the death doubt which the devil creates, beloved. So Joseph standing there, but he said, it's okay. Still I can go through the process. I know my Lord is with me. Even in the lowest point in his life, beloved. God is in control of our lives. Then comes, you see what has happened. He was falsely accused. Falsely accused of his no reason, of no reason. Have you ever falsely accused by people? It happened to me. It happened to people. We do good to them. We do good to them. We speak good to them. We always make it. Almost we give our lives to them. But one fine morning, they start accusing us. And we feel hurt about that. We feel hurt about it. But let me tell you, beloved. In Romans 8.34, it says, Who can condemn us? It's Jesus Christ who died for us, who was rose, resurrected, and seated at the right hand of God. What is he doing right now? He's interceding for us. The, one who, the only one who has a right to condemn us is Jesus Christ. Instead of condemning us, he's interceding for us, beloved. What a word, you know, that makes me so good. That's why if anybody says anything, I just say that I don't even bother about it. You know, I, I, for you guys, you can say that, you know, oh, it's a, an Indian accent I don't understand. If anybody accuses you, you tell them, oh, you speak Indian accent, man. I don't understand any of those things. That's it, you know. If, I, if somebody says something, oh, you got a pure Texan accent, I don't understand any one of that. No issues for me. Because I know for one thing, the one who called me, the one who saved me, the one who gave the vision and a dream to me, he is the one who is going to fulfill that. Hallelujah. It will never, he will never leave us nor forsake us at any given time in our lives. Even though if you walk through the valley of shadow of death, by chance, by mistake, by your ignorance, entering into the valley of shadow of death, what, Jesus, what, what he says, still I am with you. I will take care of you. My rod and shadow, my rod and staff will, you know, protect you, comfort you. He was falsely accused. But he said one thing, it doesn't matter. Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. He just get, got out of the situation. You might ask me how Joseph has forgiven. 
because he was happy in the prison. When because when you touch a, an Egyptian lady, what was the what was the you know punishment for that? You know what was the punishment? The punishment was to be killed instantly. That was the punishment. But somehow God gave favor. The fourth pharaoh might have thought this guy must not have done anything wrong. It's my my feeling, like you know. That, of course, the anger arose in him, but still not to the level to kill him, to imprison him. So he was there in that prison, beloved. Ended up. You know what is the prison for him? The prison is like uh, he has to die in the prison forever. That is the destiny. He was destined to die in the prison. No coming out. It's impossible. But Joseph, one thing he knew that is God is able. Is God can make it happen. The one who gave it vision, the one who gave it dream, is able to fulfill it by whatever the system I'm going through now. He has come to a place of impossible. But God is able to revive things for us. Today, suppose some of you feel that this is not going to happen in my life. This is the word for you. If you have given up for some reason, for something, the Lord is, going, is speaking to you right now, beloved. He will definitely fulfill that. Did you realize that when God called, asked Abraham, when he was... Uh, in Genesis chapter 22, your only son, your only son, your only son, do whom you love, offer him to me as a burnt offering. What do you mean by burnt offering? When you give a burnt offering, the, the animal will reduce into ashes. That is the deal. In fact, Abraham did that in the past. He did it in the past. He offered animals to God. But three days, it was not an emotion. He heard the voice of God. He went, you know the story, but I'm just giving you one insight in that. He was uh, put his son on the altar and he knew for one reason. Even if I kill my son, even if I offer him as a burnt offering, even my son, if he is reduced to ashes, not just body, ashes, still my God is able to rise the promises from the ashes. Because God made all the promises through Isaac. Through a descendant Isaac, I am going to fulfill all the promises, including the promised land. But Abraham said, it doesn't matter to me. Even if my son reduced to ashes, my God is able. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19 says, you know, he, he, he believed that his God is able to rise his dead son who is going to be reduced to ashes, be raised and fulfill all the promises. This morning, don't give up. Don't give up then go up. If the, if the calling, the higher the calling, the tougher the training. 
Everybody has a different syllabus, beloved. Don't look to other person. I have a different syllabus. Another guy has a different syllabus. You know, syllabus is curriculum. You don't say that it's, oh, why he's being blessed so much? He's here. Nicely, he's there. But God says, he doesn't have that big syllabus. Your calling is higher. That's why I am training you tougher. I'm, I'm making you to see the tougher things in your life so that you can be strong to handle situations. That's what happened to Abraham, beloved. And you know, you, Joseph, even in the prison, the word of God was testing him. If you look at Psalms 105, 105 and 17, 18, 19, the word of God was testing him. What do you mean by that? I would have thought word of God was comforting him. I thought it would be a better word. But word of God was testing him. Joseph, you have seen the pit. Joseph, you have seen the Fortiforo's house. Now you are in the prison. What is your take on that? Joseph said, Lord, I will never give up, Lord. Because I know you are a faithful God. You are a loving father. Once you make a promise, you are a promise maker. You are a promise keeper. You are also a promise fulfiller. It will definitely come to pass in my life. That's it, beloved. He was always loved to speak, beloved. Loved to speak about the goodness of God. When the baker and the butler came, you know what he said? Don't you know that the interpretations come from God? He was still holding the faith. Still holding the faith. He was talking to them. He was giving a gospel to them. Changing the lives of the people. Once, you know, I was traveling from Boston to San Jose. There's a big church in Boston. Pastor Ron knows that. You know, I was uh, going there to San Jose. You know what happened in the, in the flight? Uh, I got a, my seat was in the middle. Husband was sitting in this side. And the wife was sitting this side. I was in the middle. And he was a big guy. Big guy. Mark, a big guy. Bigger than Mark. <laughs> Bigger than Mark. You know, when you sit by the side of Mark, you have to behave properly. So he was big. I was in the middle. I was telling, sir, would you change our seats? He said, no. You sit wherever is allotted to you. Then I said, okay, now I'm in trouble now. Because you know, if I have to put my, what do you call that, uh, belt, and uh, if I touch uh, his wife and all, if he feels that I'm touching his wife, then I'm in trouble because he's a big guy. So, Lord, what do I do now? I can't. I have to put my belt, fasten my belt. So I did it so, so nicely that, <laughs> you know, not like this, like this. Did it. And I thought for all this, Travel time, I have to be like this. I can't even stretch my hand. Because I don't want to get into trouble with this big guy. Then uh, I said, let me be quiet. But the Lord says, be vocal. Talk. Whom I should talk? This guy is not talking. He's a big guy. So I just started talking to this uh, sister. And then 
slowly I was talking about my dad's testimony, the ministry, how God is faithful, how even dead raised in the ministry, God is so faithful, every miracle that's happened. And I was just telling him, God is faithful, God's sister. She was telling, yeah, I know, I know, it's good, good. He was telling, this guy, no reaction. Mm, that's it. And when I was looking at this side, oh, no. Why should I look at this guy? Because he is looking so intimidating. I said, no issues, Lord, save me from this guy. So then I shared, got down, and then uh, that's it. I said, Lord, thank you for the freedom. As if I have come out from Egypt to the promised land. <laughs> and then after six months, I was in Boston preaching in the big church where you are not allowed to speak to the people. You will be taken by the security. Once I finished my preaching, then I said one sister from the crowd, she said, hey pastor, do you recognize me? And then these people said, no, you can't talk to him. He has the next service is to get ready. Then I said, no, 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 let her come. So the security said, okay, pastor, she came. She came close to me and said, pastor, do you recognize me? Then I said, I didn't tell her openly, but inside, you all guys look alike, how can I recognize you? <laughs> you all look alike to me. I can't make it out. But I didn't sell, uh, tell this openly, inside, like, no, inside, inside, not outside. Then I was trying, uh, uh, uh. That day, from San Jose, uh, from Boston to San Jose, oh, how can I miss that experience? Uh, a traumatic experience in my life. <laughs> how can I forget that? Then she said, you know, that is the woman I am. When you are sharing the gospel, my husband listened everything but quiet. Lastly, when I was, he was going, sir, okay, sir, mm, it's okay. That's what he said. So you know what he's doing now? After getting down from the flight, he has accepted Lord Jesus Christ. He has accepted Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of his life. And today, today, he is serving as an evangelist. Praise God. Even in the prison, Joseph wants to speak the goodness of God. He was saying that, you know, God is capable of doing things in our lives. Don't miss a single opportunity to share the goodness of God in your life, beloved. Every situation, Joseph was there. Let me tell you one thing. God finishes first and starts second. Let me tell you. Let us. This is the glass. It's here. This is what God has distrained for Joseph. That's why God gave him a dream in the spiritual realm that you are going to be the prime minister of Egypt. That's a done deal in the spiritual realm. It is finished. It's done. But what God told Joseph, if you walk with me in obedience, if you walk with me in obedience, you know what happens. You can go there. Today, this is the call for you. Whatever the vision for this church under the leadership of Pastor Ron and Pastor Kerry, let me tell you, 
they are going to come to that place because already it is a done deal. In obedience and taking his hand, going through the pit, it doesn't matter. Going through the acquisitions, it doesn't matter. Going through the impossibles, it doesn't matter. But you reach your destiny for the glory of God, beloved. In every situation, any situation, beloved. This is already decided for you. Thank you, Jesus. If you look at Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, the lamb that was slain even before the foundations of the world, it is already a done deal in the spirit realm. The lamb was slain for us, but God allowed it to happen in its time, beloved. The time was fulfilled. Jesus came to this world and gone to the cross, beloved, for you and me. So my request to you before I close, you know, I just want to tell you, this church has a great vision. This church, God called this church to disciple the nations of the world. You know, under the apostolic leadership of Pastor Ron, let me tell you that. You stand with him. You have a great reason to pray and participate. That's one thing. The second thing is, each one of you, God has a dis destiny for you, beloved. It's great. For you, I have plans, plans of future, prosperity, of hope, not of evil. Everything what God wants to grant you. Today, let me tell you, your heart desires be fulfilled. This is the presence of God. Enjoy in my presence, your heart desires be fulfilled. That's the word of God. And I just released that word into your life this morning, beloved. I think my time is running out. Can we stand in his presence, beloved? Can we stand in his presence? If a guy, Indian pastor, finishes on time, he's not an Indian pastor. <laughs> he... He has to cross the line. He has to cross the limit. Then only he is confirmed as an Indian pastor. But let's stand in the presence of God. This is the time to receive the anointing. Time to receive that the fulfillment of every dream what God has given to you. It could be the pit. It doesn't matter. God says, people say this is over. But God says it's a new beginning in your life. Somebody accuses you, don't take it for your heart. Because the one who has to accuse, that is Jesus, condemn. He will never do that for you. He will intercede at the right hand of God. Do you know that? I, when I feel that, I always say that, Lord, thank you so much for interceding for me. Me, Lord. So that's, I always be thankful to God. And also the impossible situations. You know, even the prison could not stop the dream of Joseph, beloved. The impossible. God elevated him for a reason, beloved. They thought they have sold him, but the word of God says in Psalms 105, God sent him. God's purposes are bigger than what people think, beloved. God is in control of your lives. He knows every move of yours. He, he orchestrates every move in your life. He's a good God. He loves us with an everlasting love. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to your throne of grace, Lord God. 
you are a great God, my God. The dream which you have given to Joseph, Lord, you have made it happen, Lord God. In his time, in your time, Lord God. You processed him, you discipled him and made him a, a better person. That's how we, he could forgive his brothers when he, they, they encountered him. Total forgiveness, Lord God. And he was a man who, in your master plan, you, you have fitted him in your master plan, Lord. Likewise, all these dear ones who received the word, let them pursue their dreams. Never allow their dreams to be die down. Never abandon their dreams, my God. But pursue the dream which you have given to them. And each of the dream, each of the destiny, let them reach in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Release that into their being. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm confident that, um, that even though Mohan has an Indian accent, you know, that his spirit is released and transferred through his speaking. Do you agree with that, everybody? I think listening to him talk, you can see why I love them so much and why we are so connected in the spirit. And this is a lifelong friendship. We've done lots of ministry together. Um, and I'm greatly honored to be able to go and reconnect. Thank you. So, um, you know, can I just say this about our brother here? You know, he has never asked me for one dollar. And he has always come and has never tried to manipulate a circumstance to gain financial benefit from it. But it's such a joy for us to invest in the kingdom, in kingdom people. And so uh, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. We, we are going to bless them. Just, this is the culture of stewardship and generosity at Christian Life. We're going we're gonna to help them with their travels here and bless them with an offering and that sort of thing. But, you know, the challenge of bringing in hundreds of pastors that some of them are from poor villages and the money it costs for them to get there. Now, Hyderabad is a, you know, it, there, there are many people that are blessed there financially, but just outside of that area, there are those that are struggling. If you want to give towards this and you want to partner, if you want to invest some money in Israel, you know, you just feel free that these are the ways that you can give here at Christian Life. And um, regardless of whether you feel led to invest finances, please be thinking and investing in prayer and support and intercession. We're in this, we're in this kingdom discipling, nation reaching business together. It's not, I'm not trying to exaggerate the importance of who we are, but it's through these kinds of relationships that we can do bigger things than we could ever dream about doing on our own. 
Amen? Isn't that right, everybody? And so if you're in here today and you're discouraged, and maybe you've been going through some really difficult times, one thing I caught in my spirit was the bigger the calling, the tougher the training. And when God prepares his people to do great things, sometimes he has to really work into us the spirit of full surrender. The story of Joseph is fascinating. I know he was hitting the highlights. If you're new to the Bible, go to Genesis chapter 37. Read, those, read the whole story there. You'll be fascinated on what God did. But I want to pray for those of you that in here, maybe you are away from God and you've not realized God's been working in your life and you want to give your you want to give your heart to the Lord if you're watching online or if you're here in the service um, and you're ready to fully surrender to the call of God then stop blaming him for the difficult challenges sometimes the difficulties are just God waking us up and realizing that like Joseph needed him in the pit he needs you you need him in the in the prison of your circumstances. So bow your heads with me, everybody. God, as we close this day together, thank you for Mohan and Rani Babu and their love for the kingdom and love for the people of the, of the church. But I pray for the saints and those, Lord, that maybe are away from God. Lord, that you would help them to fully surrender to the work of the Spirit in their lives. And from the pit, perhaps they can look up and say, I have a destiny in God. And he's the promise maker. And he's the promise keeper. And he is the promise fulfiller. So fulfill your purpose, God, in the lives of your people as they surrender to the will of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll have some people down here that will be able to minister to you. Everybody, just one more time. Can we just give honor to the man of God and his wife? Thank you very much. Yes. Hallelujah.